Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. You can uh, open your Bible if you've got it with you and uh, open to Matthew. And we're going to jump straight, uh, straight into it. Uh, Matthew in chapter 8 and verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum or Capernaum, a centurion came to him. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. How did he come to him? He came to him pleading with him. That's a bizarre concept in itself. We could, and we will in a moment, have a look at how powerful just the fact that a centurion came to Jesus, pleading with Jesus, um, saying to him, uh, Lord, my servant is laying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not willing that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Listen to this centurion talking back to Jesus. Jesus says to the centurion, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to come to your house. The centurion says, no, 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 let's not do that. What I want you to do is I want you to just say a word and he will be healed. Listen to how this guy is speaking to Jesus. Um, When Jesus heard it, uh, I'm sorry, for I also, the centurion continues, I also am a man under authority. The centurion says, I get get you. I get how you roll. I understand this whole authority thing and how you're submitted to somebody. And when you speak, you're not just speaking in your power, but you're speaking in, in power that comes from heaven. I get this. So I understand we're on the same level. In, in, in our understanding of authority, this is what he says. Um, For I also am a man under, under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes into another, come, and he comes, and my servant do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Let me, let me interpret that for you. Jesus is saying to a Gentile or speaking, I'm sorry, speaking in regard to a Gentile. And he's saying, I have not found such great faith even among the Jewish people as I found in this Gentile. Let me go a further step. Jesus is saying in regard to an unsaved man, this unsaved man is showing right now more faith than I have ever seen in a Christian ever before. This is powerful, this this story. I say to you that many will come from the east, the west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast into utter darkness. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. His servant was healed that same hour. This story um, I love so much and there's so many things in this that are so powerful for our lives. But 
as is um, so common with stories that we read in the Bible, we have to take a moment off and, and unwrap it a little bit because there are con- uh, there's a, a particular context here that if we don't unwrap it, we miss the power of actually what's going on here. That we can read a story like this and think, okay, this is cool. This is a dude coming to Jesus and he's got faith and he gets a miracle. That's awesome. But there's, there's more than that in this story and I want to show you. The first thing that we need to understand in this story is how significant it was that this centurion uh, approached Jesus. To understand how significant it, it, it was, we have to backtrack and look at a little bit what a centurion was. A centurion wasn't just um, a Roman citizen. A centurion was a Roman soldier. Further to that, he wasn't just a Roman soldier. A centurion was a Roman officer. This centurion had been given, that's why they call him centurion, century meaning 100. This centurion had been given authority over 100 Roman soldiers. This is a powerful man. We look at this story and we think, this is sweet. This, this, this dude's coming up. The this is a powerful man who walks in power, who walks in strength, who has some authority in the natural. These centurions didn't come to play. The Romans didn't came, come to play. Further to that, this centurion, centurion, a centurion oversaw the Roman soldiers that beat and crucified Jesus. Those soldiers were overseen by a centurion. Centurions didn't get to this position just haphazardly. A centurion got to that position because they were incredibly strong and incredibly skilled. They say the centurions were also much higher paid a much greater wage than any other Roman officer. They say, in fact, 20 times more than any other Roman soldier, a centurion That's what a centurion is paid. They also receive greater spoils from war when the Romans would invade a town or a city or take it over. The centurions would get more than everybody else. I'm trying to help you understand here that this is not just some nobody that we're talking about in the Roman army. This guy is bad. This guy is strong. This guy is powerful. This guy is courageous. And so he has not only stature, not only power, not only connections, not only influence, he's also cashed up. But he has a problem. He has this situation where his servant is at home sick. Now this obviously through this story and the lengths that this soldier has gone to to approach Jesus, it shows how dear to him this servant is. So what I'm trying to show you, this soldier has everything in the natural, but has faced a circumstance that his everything he has in the natural, none of it can help him in this moment. He's got all of these connections. He's got all of this power. He's got all of this authority. He's got all of this money. But he's faced a circumstance. He's faced a problem that none of that can help. I dare say this Roman soldier has tried to fix this situation with his connections. 
I dare say this Roman soldier has tried to, or this Roman centurion has tried to pay doctors to come to fix his servant, but he cannot do it. Every now and then you're going to face battles and trials and situations in your life where you realise that you don't have it within you to get through it or to deal with it and you've got to draw your strength from a higher source. Every now and then we face these difficulties and these challenges in our life where we're going to have to do something different in order to get through. See, the centurion was used to handling things in his own strength. If he needed something, he would send someone to get it. If something didn't go his own way, he would force it and make it happen because he was strong, he had influence and he was able to. But how he had done things in the past was not going to work for this situation that he was facing right now. He needed, he recognised, I need to do something new here. I recognise that yesterday how I used to handle situations is not going to work for this situation I'm facing today. I need to change the strategy in order to get me through what I'm facing right now. What I used to rely on isn't going to help me anymore because right now I have a need and I need some help. Even this can apply to us, even for those of us who know where to get our strength from. I want to tell you that sometimes you will face a situation where the, where the praise you did yesterday is not going to get you the breakthrough that you need today. Sometimes we have to make that decision to say what I'm facing right now needs a new praise, needs a fresh word for today. What I'm facing right now, some of you, why things have gotten so hard is you are still living off the encounter you had with God three years ago. And I want to tell you, it's time to get something new and get out and get some fresh manner, a fresh word for today and say, God, I need a new encounter. I need a new word. I need a new touch because I'm facing something that what I was using yesterday is not going to help me today. That's where tough times are good because tough times can pull out of us a desperation. He had tried everything, everything in his own strength, but nothing worked. That's what's so powerful about this story. We find a man of so much power and so much influence. We find him so humble and so desperate. I know those are the places that we hate to be at in life where where we're broken and where we're hurting and where we feel like we've got nothing else. But how many know in the kingdom of God, those are your most powerful moments? Because the word tells us that it's when we're weak, He's strong. So His strength depends upon your weakness. So don't discard those weak moments when you feel like giving up. In fact, it's in the weak moments that you're one step away from His power being made perfect and stepping in and intervening. It's in the weak times you're actually the most powerful when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. The lowest point in your life is often the closest point in your breakthrough. And this is where this man is. This man 
knows people. This man is connected. This man has tried everything he can possibly do in the natural, but nothing works. This man is in a place of absolute desperation. And so we find and we pick up this story where this centurion comes to Jesus. What I love about this centurion is we've got to understand that Romans, the Romans uh, were the rulers. The Romans had dominion over the Jewish people. They were there to rule them. They were there to oversee them. They didn't so much get involved in their, in their day-to-day activities. They just let them do their thing as long as they weren't sort of causing any havoc or any trouble. They just, they just let them live about their life. But what I'm trying to show you is a centurion officer wouldn't typically be rolling in the same circles as Jesus. This, the, these two worlds were quite different because you have Jesus. Jesus is, is, is cruising with the farmers and the fishermen and he's preaching on, on hillsides and, and he's rolling through town, towns with the, with the people, with the tax collectors. You're talking about a, a Roman centurion who is high up in the Roman army. These two worlds don't cross. So if you look at this story and look into it a little bit, you, you, you'll see that, that I don't know how, but just roll with me for a moment. I guess this centurion must have heard somebody talking about Jesus. Because I, I guess it, it wouldn't, it, the, the centurion wouldn't have been in the synagogue when Jesus preached in the synagogue. He wouldn't have been on the hillside. So he had to just be amongst the townspeople, if you like. And just heard some people talking. I don't know how it happened. But maybe he heard a couple of Jewish boys talking about how there was this teacher rolling through town and and he was healing people. And all of a sudden the centurion, something, something pricked up in his ears and he heard this and something stirred in his heart. Maybe this is where the faith actually started. Maybe this centurion's Faith, this great faith that Jesus talked about, that Jesus was amazed by. Maybe that's where it started. Where the centurion is in town and and he hears a couple Jewish people talking about this healer. This man that can come and do supernatural works. What I love about this centurion is the centurion heard this testimony, if you like. And he didn't just throw it off. Oh, whatever. There's something about this testimony because the centurion was a man that was in a desperate place. And there was something about this testimony. When he heard this testimony, some faith got birthed in his heart and he started to think, well, maybe if Jesus could do it for them. I know I'm a centurion and I know our worlds don't cross and I know it's a crazy thought and I know my other Roman centurion buddies are probably going to bag me out about it and I don't even know whether Jewish people would accept me or whether Jesus would even answer me if I went to Him. But maybe do you think if He's a healer and if He touched that person, I know I don't fit into the mould of church. I know I don't fit into the mould of a religious circle. I know I look a bit crazy. I know I've got some issues, but I heard someone talking about how God moved in their life. Maybe do you think that same Jesus could maybe... I heard somebody talking about how God blessed them and how God blessed their family and how God blessed their business. Maybe do you think that same Jesus 
Maybe if I went up to him, I know it's crazy. See, you've got to understand, church, this story, the very idea that this Roman centurion officer would approach Jesus is absolutely bizarre. It took some faith. We look at the faith that it took for the centurion to say to Jesus, just say a word. Yes, that was powerful. Yes, that took faith. But I want to backtrack a little bit and talk about the faith it took for the centurion just to get to Jesus in the first place. Maybe you're someone here and you're going through a situation, going through a challenge, facing some things in your life and it took you faith to just get to church today. I wanna commend you and celebrate you for a moment and encourage you and tell you sometimes half the battle is just showing up. Sometimes half the battle is just opening your Word. Sometimes half the battle is just saying a prayer. Sometimes half the battle... He's just getting there. Why don't you give him praise if you know what it's like to just barely get there. Why don't you tell someone, I got here by faith. I know I'm praising, I know I'm clapping, but it took faith to just get me here. Sometimes, let's be real. Sometimes, I don't know about you, can I be real? Sometimes it just takes faith to open the Word. Sometimes, sometimes it just takes faith to just pull away for a moment and say, you know what? I don't feel like doing this, but I just got to pray. I don't feel like, like I even I don't feel like there's anything happening right now. I don't feel like the Holy Spirit's moving and I've got goosebumps and the warm fuzzies, but that's what faith is. Faith is not waiting until you feel it. Faith is saying, I believe it. I don't need to feel it to believe it. I believe it whether I feel it or not, because my God says He is faithful. And if I step out and believe, He won't leave me. Sometimes, sometimes half the battle is just showing up. Sometimes half the battle is just, is just getting there. Just getting that pulling away and listening to that worship song. Getting along to service. Getting along to a small group. Don't, don't get so down upon yourself. I want to commend you. It's Sunday night in sunny Orange County and you're in church. Once you clap yourself that you made it to service. Come on, clap yourself like you believe that, you know what? The enemy tried to stop me from being here and there was a moment there where I wasn't gonna come, but you know what? I made it. Look at someone say, I made it. It took faith, but I'm here. It's, it's, sometimes it's just the little things, hey? It took, him, it took him faith to get there because he heard it. He heard, he heard someone talking about a miracle worker. He put faith, put faith in what he heard. What does the word tell us? Romans 10, 17, faith comes by what? By hearing. He heard and so he, he got to where they were. This would, have been, this would have been huge for this dude. His centurion buddies would have seen what's going on. I'm going to leave my post. I'm going to go and see that, that, that Jewish healer, that Jewish teacher. Remember, understand, this is, this is the, the conqueror going to see the conquered. 
He says, I'm going I'm to go see this dude. The 100 soldiers that this centurion oversees, they see this guy. You're going to go, where? You're doing what? Yeah, I'm going to go see him. Because I, 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 I got to get a breakthrough. I know it looks crazy. I know it looks silly. The Jewish people who saw the Romans as people of strength, they saw him do this as well. I'm painting a picture because I want you to understand the context of how powerful what really is happening here really is. What this centurion had to overcome to just get there. Maybe the person beside you doesn't quite understand the battles that you have to overcome just to get here sometimes. I know that we come into church and we put on our pretty church faces and we sit down and we, we sing the songs and we, and we clap and we do our Christian karaoke. But the reality is sometimes we're here just only by the skin of our teeth. That there's little battles that we had to win, that some of you had to fight all hell just to get here today. Some of you have to fight all hell. There's those, those little battles, those little victories. This is where, this is where we find this guy. But what is so crazy um, about this guy, as I said earlier, we have to put this in the context of modern day and understand this guy is unsaved. This dude's a Gentile. He doesn't believe what they believe. He He doesn't worship the way they worship. He's an unsaved dude. And it's one of the things that's so crazy about this story that is an unsaved guy comes in. And shows the Christians what real faith is. That's a scary thought for us as Christians and it's challenging. That, that sometimes I think we need those, those, sometimes we need an unsaved person um, to come and just rattle our religious cage a little bit and remind us that this thing that we're doing is not a game, that this that this God we worship is real, that this Bible that we read is powerful. This, I remember in the church that I was attending, I attended for years in, uh, in Melbourne, and there was, a, there was a lady in our church that was, a, she was an interior designer quite high up in the industry. And, uh, and she, uh, she went along to this meeting with one of his, arguably one of the, one of the top interior designers um, in Australia, major, major, um, influence um, that this guy had in this uh, in this field, and and she met him, and they were in this meeting, and and they just got to talking, and she started talking about her church, and she's sharing with him, and 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 this guy um, is an unsaved guy, is a homosexual guy, was was in a relationship with another man, and and uh, and so they just start talking. This guy had never been to church in his life, and uh, and so he just said to her, he said, you know what, I would love to come to this church. And she said, you should come. You would love it. You should come hang out. So I'll never forget the, 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 the day he came down and, and, and he came into service and, and he stood on about the second or third row, third row in service. And, and uh, I mean, he just looked hilarious. I mean, he's, he's got all these like gold rings all over and these little like things all hanging off him. And he's just sort of standing there watching, but he was quite enjoying the service. And then I'll never forget because we, I ended up meeting him through my sister introduced me to him. We were just talking and then... And then uh, next week, we used to do pre-service prayer in church. We would do a prayer meeting before service. And uh, it was about an hour before service. I'll never forget the next, the next Sunday, 
um, I'm in pre-service prayer and typically at the prayer meeting, it was, you know, for the most part, it was the staff that were there. I mean, it's an hour before church. You've got to love Jesus together an hour before, right? And, and, and I'm standing there and, and I look over and, and there is this guy. And he's standing there in, 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 in the prayer. He's unsaved. This is the second time he's been in church in his whole entire life. And he's standing there on the second row and he's watching what everybody else is doing. And he didn't know how to pray and wasn't filled with the Spirit and didn't know what praise was and didn't know what worship was. So he just started copying what everybody else was doing. And you could see him just watching people. And you know how some people walk when they pray? You notice those walkers? You burn calories and pray at the same time. And, and so, so he starts doing that and he starts walking around. And, and, and I'll never forget because I remember talking to him because I was so curious. Because I thought, I mean, I know this sounds silly, but I'm thinking to myself, what is he doing here? <laughs> he has no idea what we are doing or why we are doing it. So I went up and I was talking to him and I said, you came early? And he says, yeah. He said, this is fabulous. I said, yeah, it's a prayer meeting. He says, isn't it great? Everybody's so happy. I said, yeah. I said, yeah, they are. And he says, I'm going to come back next week, I think. I said, that's cool. Come back next week. And, and then I remember, I'll never forget watching this guy. He came back next week and he started to get more and more into it. I'll never forget one time. And Carissa might have been there when, when she was there and I pointed her out to him. Um, I remember I looked over one time, he'd been coming about four or five weeks, again, not saved, hadn't been in church. And I remember I looked over to him and he used to wear these, these, uh, these little like silk scarves and tied around his neck. And he had taken off the silk scarf during praise and he's, and he's flicking it. And like people in, people, people in church, people, you know how we jump, we do what we do in church. People are jumping in church and I look over and there's this guy. He's got all this bling on his fingers and he's all done up to the nights and he's got this little scarf and he's flicking it in the air and he's jumping like this. And I'm standing there and I was cracking up laughing. But, but, but what, what hit me was I remember looking around at, at Christians that had been in church for years, standing there with their hands in their pockets because they know the song and they've seen it before and they've been to church before. And I remember standing there thinking, isn't that the heart of God to show us a moment through an unsaved person what praise looks like? Isn't that the heart of God just to remind us that, you know what, this thing is fabulous. We do have something to praise about. We do have a reason to get excited. Let's not get so used to what we're doing that we forget why we're doing it. Let's not forget what it is to be so in love with Jesus that you couldn't wait for the doors to get open. To be so in love with Jesus that you couldn't wait to get your hands up and give Him praise that you didn't care what anybody else else did because you were so focused on what Jesus Christ had done for you. I love Him. I don't want to ever get used to this. Challenge me as I was reading this and God reminded me of that. I prayed and I said, Lord, keep me in that place. We know what it is when we see people and they get saved and the next day, they, next week they come to church and they're down the front and they're going crazy. We say, well, look at this guy. Yeah, he just got saved. Why don't we stay like that? Shouldn't we get more and more excited the more we learn about how good He is? And as we start flicking through more pages and reading more stories, shouldn't we get crazier? Shouldn't not we get not quieter, but 
that little bit crazier? It took an unsaved person to show him what faith was. This unsaved centurion. And this is what I want to show you. That was my introduction. <laughs> and I want to preach a message for the next four minutes and 40 seconds. Keys can come. This is what blew my mind. And I want you to hear me because I, th- I believe this is powerful. Jesus, Jesus is there. And this centurion comes. And the centurion tells Jesus, um, my, uh, my servant is sick. And Jesus says to the centurion, no problem. I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to heal him. This is what's crazy. The centurion, listen to me, th- that would have been great, wouldn't it? That, I mean, that would have been good. This is Jesus, the son of God, saying to you, I'll come to your house and I'll heal him. I mean, that, that's powerful. We, I mean, we'd be pumped. You call the neighbors, tell a wife to clean the house. I mean, husbands clean the house. And... Come on, you'd invite friends over, get Jesus. What a moment. Bro, you'd post that, wouldn't you? Do a photo, family photo out the front, JC in the middle. Come on, let's bring it in. Hashtag Jesus for dinner. Like this would... Unbelievable. Jesus at your house? Come on, we could do a serious one, then do a funny one. Bunny, you know, like, come on. Uh, anybody else would say, man, Jesus is coming to my house. Game over. This is, this, is, this is about to go down. Not this guy. This guy, because understand, Jesus says, I will. He doesn't say, I might. This is Jesus saying to the centurion, I have a plan and this is what I'm going to do. But watch this centurion. This dude has the audacity to interrupt Jesus. To interrupt. This is God in flesh saying, this is what I'm going to do. And the centurion says, "Uh uh-uh. This guy has so much faith that he interrupts Jesus' plan and says, let's not do that. Grabs Jesus' attention. And all of a sudden, Jesus stops. And the centurion says, you know what I want you to do? I get how you roll. I just want you to say a word. Because I understand this thing. This is a Roman officer in the Middle East. And he's saying, I'm under Caesar who is in Rome. And when Caesar speaks to me, I carry that same authority, even though I'm here in the Middle East. It's him saying, I understand that when you speak, you carry authority from heaven. This is how much faith he had. That he interrupted. Think about this. Jesus' plan. 
and said, I'm going to pull a miracle out of this that you were not about to do. This is a bizarre concept because understand that Jesus knows everything, doesn't He? So Jesus knows what's going to happen. This is, this is, if you can catch this, 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 I want to show you real quickly and I, and I am going to finish. Blind Bartimaeus. What's Jesus doing? He's walking down the road. Jesus walking down the road, just doing his thing. And then all of a sudden, blind Bartimaeus yells out. Jesus knows what's about to happen. I want you to picture it. I want you to see it like this. It's like Jesus saying to the angels, listen, 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 this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna walk down the road and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make everybody think that that's just what I'm gonna do. But angels, I want you to watch because there's this dude called Blind Bartimaeus and he's gonna yell out. You need to watch this, watch this. This is what Jesus is saying. It's the same thing in this story. He says, I'm gonna tell this centurion that I'm gonna come to his house. Watch me do this. I'm gonna tell him I'm gonna come to his house. But watch this dude, he's got so much faith. If he didn't speak up, I would just go to his house and that would be good. But this guy's got so much faith that he's about to reach out from where he is. I wanna put it like this. I believe that there is a level of faith where you can reach up into heaven and pull out of heaven a miracle that heaven hadn't planned to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? But too often we said, remember the story of, of Joshua telling the sun to stand still? That wasn't God's idea. God didn't say to Joshua, hey, listen, bro, if you've got the faith, you can tell that sun to stand still and it will stand still. Joshua was in this predicament where he was up against the uh, Amorites and he was in a fight and he needed the sun to stay up. And Joshua just standing there. And all of a sudden, Joshua has the faith and he just looks at the sun and he says, sun, stand still. And God's like, okay. I mean, this guy telling the sun to stand still. I mean, that's impossible because it's the, the earth that moves around the sun, but I get what you mean, so let's do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? That there is a level of faith that I believe Jesus is desperately wanting us to operate in. That I believe there are things that He is desperately wanting to do if we would just ask Him. Yet we just settle for what we've seen before. See, the centurion made a decision that he was not going to settle for what he had seen before. Prior to this, Jesus had laid hands on people. But the centurion said, you know what? I want to interrupt Jesus. I've got a faith to grab out of heaven something that he had not planned to do, but I believe he can do. Where have you settled in your life? and in your situation. That if we could lift the lid and push past the boundaries, man, that if we could step outside the boundaries that perhaps we've set up or our religious mindset or thinking has set up, what is God desperately wanting and desiring to do? Do you have a faith that would interrupt Jesus. That's what the woman with the issue of blood did. 
Jesus hadn't planned to heal her. Jesus was on his way somewhere else. But she had a faith that stopped him dead in his tracks and pulled a miracle out of him that he had not planned on doing. Where have we just settled in just doing what we've been doing? Seeing breakthroughs that just other people see breakthroughs there. Or are you somebody that's making a decision? You know what? I'm going to dare to believe for something that I've never seen before, never heard of before. It's a faith that'll interrupt Jesus and grab something out that he hadn't planned on. Maybe Jesus is talking to angels even right now about tonight. Saying, watch this, watch this. I'm going to go to Free Chapel at five o'clock and I'm going to show up like I always do. But there's somebody in there. Watch what they're about to do. Somebody at Free Chapel at a 5 p.m. service on a Sunday night is about to reach out and grab something out of me that I hadn't planned on doing. It's a faith that'll interrupt Jesus. What are you dealing with? What's the breakthrough you need? Can we be these people that walk in this type of faith? Can we be these people that make that decision to say, you know what, I don't, I don't want to stay here. I don't want to accept this. What have you accepted in your life that is contrary to God's plan and God's purpose? What have you accepted over your life that, well, it's just my personality. I'm just heavy in my thinking. It's just, I've got a depressed personality. I don't read that in Scripture. What have you accepted over your family? What have you accepted over your situation and just just rolling with? I believe God wants to challenge you tonight and put this challenge in front of you to say, you know what? I'm going to believe for something greater over my life and believe for a breakthrough over my situation. Right across this room, I want us to bow our heads. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.